Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelous Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're here to talk a little D&D, our bread and butter, but a little Dimension 20 flavored this time around, as we dive into the Ravening War, episode, episode... three. Oh, hello. Hey. Sorry, I just tried to scoot right in there. <laughs> no, I know? mean, I... I you were welcome to. I uh, felt like you were like on stage and I just like stepped in front like, and... You know, I thought we were about so, to like harmonize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very Turk and JD moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you go ahead, though. Continue. Yeah. No, I was pretty much done. Episode three <laughs> of the Ravening War um, actually has a really funny title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yonder, yonder where the fruit do be lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yes. very serious episode, though. Yeah, so. yeah. It, actually it actually was. was. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and we're officially halfway through, which... um. You know, again, I'm, I'm I'm sad for which, you know, I, I went into this thinking it was going to be like 20 episodes. So, um, I know. but, you know, so far, so good. So, you know, I'll take what yeah. I can get as far as, you know, having yeah. three more to go. Um, um, yeah. If you're new to our channel, this is, you know, our nerd channel. So we talk a lot of D&D and we've enjoyed uh, the Ravening War. Also, we also cover Critical Role and Worlds Beyond Number. Uh, which are two other D and D um, campaigns, I guess. That's on the channel, uh, and then we do talk other stuff too. We do <laughs> for we people do. who like other stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, what is that from? Um, Zoolander. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for kids who can't read good and want to do other stuff too, <laughs> or whatever. <Yes>. So, <laughs> um, uh, how yes. are you saying, my friend? Oh, sorry. Um, no, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> You can also know we're not very organized. We kind of just shoot from the hip. And yep. uh, you would think after, I think, are we at the two-year mark this summer, by the way? I don't know. We started, the first thing we did was Loki. When did, yeah. Which season two is about to come out. Or not about to, but. Season one was June 9th, 2021. Whoa. So we are about to hit the two-year mark. Bro. And you would think that our channel would be more, um, you know, <laughs> but it's not. But this is us. Yeah. You know? You're getting the mess with us, which we're proud of. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're authentic. Season two's coming out soon, huh? Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Wow, <clears throat> I think to this day, um, I've never had like a mini series experience like I did with in terms of like Marvel, um, like I did with Wandavision and Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, Secret Secret War, Secret Invasion, Secret, Secret Invasion, War, or- Secret Invasion. See now, I'm one or two. Oh, yeah, hang on. <laughs> it's Nick one of Fury, the two. Secret Invasion. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, the comics are called the Secret Wars. There's yeah. There's two. Di- yeah. There's yeah. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, I will say that does look pretty good, and I'm very intrigued by it. I th- I think it looks good, but I'm not getting my know, hopes you're... up for like something Loki, Blonde Vision level. Why? Why? <sighs> Bro, I, we need to have like a Marvel discussion. I realized, like, I was really, really excited for Guardians 3, and I still haven't seen it. And that's, like, so weird for me. Like, I yeah. usually go opening night for those movies, and I, I thought back on it, and I think it's, like, because, man, Ant-Man was a disappointment. Like, Never saw that. I know you Thor loved Thor. was a disappointment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wakanda yeah, Forever was good. So that that was... It was good. Like, the it one good. good one recently. It was good, but it wasn't... 
it like I don't know which phase it was, but there was a series of films where it was like boom, one after another. Yeah. Like riding high on Marvel. One uh not one division. Uh Wakanda Forever was good, but it was good in a sea of mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's a lot to say there. We do need to have a yeah, video. Yeah, yeah I don't want to sure. get distracted now, but there's there's a lot of thoughts there. But anyway, Loki yeah. though. I agree with you. That was such a fun experience and I'm really excited for season two. I hope they can, you know, hit that yeah. same high bar. Um, yeah. But we're not here to talk about this today. We're talking about D and D stuff. Yeah. Uh, but one other quick announcement <clears throat> um, going on right now, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So from today running through Saturday night, there is an event going on called games done quick that Blake and I love. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made videos about it on the channel. So if you're, if you're interested, I won't, you know, get into the, um, long and the short of it here, but you can check those out. But essentially, it's a speedrunning marathon um, for charity. So it's a great cause. Um, and if you like speedrunning, definitely check it out. Uh, you can find that on Games Done tw- Games Done Quick on Twitch. Yeah, um, I think they have a YouTube also. Yeah, yeah. All or, the, no, or yeah, yeah they do. whatever. Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. So whatever you want, whatever you want to watch, you can watch it. So exactly. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's yeah. all we got. Are we going to do Candela Obscura, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should. I think okay. we got a little bit more time. Yeah. I think did it's a once it? a I did. I think it's a once a month okay. thing. So we have time to like cover yeah. that before episode two comes out. I guess let us know in the comments, too, if you watched it, if you want to chat about it with us. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess since we do have so much lead time, there's no reason not to. Um, especially with Ravening War is going to be over in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, which brings us back to the Ravening War. The Ravening War. <clears throat> so yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. um, if you're new to us, you know, we always like to recap these uh, long form contents before we dive into actually discussing them. So we're going to jump into that now. And uh, we actually cut that recap out, host it separately. So if you're on the recap video right now and you want to see our full discussion, there will be a link to that video um, down in the description below. So without further ado, Episode three of the Ravening War, Yonder Where the Fruit Do Be Lion. <laughs> we pick up with the crew at this bridge where they're plotting their ambush of this oncoming caravan. And at dawn we plan. At dawn we plan. And that that is exactly what happens here. There is a bunch of discussion on what they should do, how they should do it, um, taking in their surroundings, you know, what can they use in the environment. And they ultimately decide that they are going to try to block the carriage on the bridge. Um, And to do this, they are going to cut down a tree and basically have it fall over, blocking one path of the bridge, and then roll down a nearby orange boulder to block the retreat path. So they'll be, you know, uh, caged in, essentially. So as they're setting up the logistics of all of this, um, they decide that one of them should go scout ahead and see if they can see the carriage coming just to get some more information. And then, you know, relay that back to everyone so they can plan accordingly. Um, Colin decides to be the one to do this and they're coming up with a signal. He's like, so when I'm coming back, should I just like yell at you guys? Like how many there are? And they're like, uh, Karna and Amon go are like, uh, Maybe it's time we reveal to them that we can communicate telepathically as that would be a much better way of signaling each other. So <clears throat> there's actually this really funny moment where Karna reveals this by telepathically communicating to Delhi. And so he freaks out as soon as he hears somebody in his head and like everyone draws their sword. And it's just That's a really it. funny moment. Um, <clears throat> so with the plan now decided, Colin rides out to scout ahead. 
gets a little stakeout spot and does eventually see this watermelon carriage uh, that is being pulled by a bunch of cherries start coming along. Um, he can see that there's two drivers per se, two little like outside guards in the front of the carriage, um, but that's all he can see uh, as he cannot make out what's inside the carriage. And Matt gives him the choice of, do you want to like stay and wait till it gets closer? Maybe you'll see more or do you not want to risk getting seen? And do you want to go ahead and head back? And he says he decides to head back. So he comes back, tells everybody what he saw and everyone basically gets in position. Uh, one last final preparation that Karna makes is she casts silence on the bridge so that like no sound will be able to happen there. Oh, so cool. that like they won't be able to yell for help or, you know, hear any screams or anything. So the watermelon's approaching. Um, Lady Amango does use her magic ring to see inside of it, and she can make out that there's five figures, four of which are armored, and one is like robed and cloaked, so she can't see who it is. So it rolls over the bridge. The trap is sprung. They knock the tree over, blocking the front. And um, here in a couple of rounds, the orange boulder will come back and block the back path. But essentially, combat... Uh, begins and you know as always just going to hit the highlights of this encounter uh, which was the lion's share of the episode honestly um, right but the bishop's counting casting spells but he's using his subtle spell so that no one can mm. see him casting spells um and so he casts yeah very interesting he casts uh shatter on the boulder i referred to earlier which is what causes it to roll down and block the path right. um Colin is attacking and we learn that he has a long sh long sword of wounding which does extra necrotic damage that cannot be healed except by a short or long rest. Thought that was really interesting. And as this combat's going off, um the two guards that were out front are fighting obviously, but inside the carriage they've just like walled themselves in and they're shooting crossbows out. Um <clears throat> because of this Delhi just goes and breaks into the carriage. Um and as soon as he's in there, you know, he's surrounded by five people. Um, but he just rushes in and attacks the cloaked figure, which is revealed to be Queen Pamela Rocks. And he just Ooh. rushes in and lets loose. Bloodthirsty, um, man. Yeah. And she asks, like, Delisandra, why? And he just says, destiny has been designed. Um, the guards that were in there then just all unleash on him with bonus damage because of this ability that Matt tells us about called for the queen, which is basically mm -hmm. like they get a buff if the queen is taking damage, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, while this is all happening, a boat starts coming down the river with uh, just a banana guy who's just, you yeah. know, minding his own business, Poor rowing guy. down the river. <laughs> and they're like, no witnesses. So Colin kind of reluctantly goes down there and murders this guy. Um, rest in peace, banana man. Yeah. <laughs> um, banana split. <laughs> um, he, uh, wait, uh, I'll save it for later. Um, <clears throat> so we pick back up with, uh, in the carriage, Delhi is basically getting torn up by all these guards. Um, Darren Quiche comes in to assist him and the Bishop runs up also to assist and casts another shatter spell this time inside the carriage. Um, and it, again, at this point, the bishop doesn't know who's in there. Only um, only Delhi knows. So he casts this shatter spell and actually gets the how do you want to do this on the queen. And <clears throat> Brennan describes this really interesting segment of having had these dark visions his whole life. He's got these dark gifts within him, but he's never wondered where they came from. He doesn't care why things are the way they are. He cares and how he can make them. And so mm -hmm. he says, butcher them, do what you will, come to my aid. 
and <clears throat> the shatter spell goes off, kills the queen. And it's only then that he has the realization of who he just killed. And he kind of like falls to his knees and, you know, says this, the queen who like mocked me, who I hated, um, I just killed, but like, I, it's like my biggest regret. He says it's a moment of horror because he's been played and everything he's mm. been working for is like spilling away from him. Uh, he says he's a fool and a pawn. So after this, the crew finishes off the remaining guards. Um, the final of which is this really cool gummy bear night. Um, yeah. And being the last one realizing the queen is dead and the fight's over, he basically slams his spear into the ground and kneels and just says like, finish it. Um, <clears throat> Karna obliges him and with the water still dagger, uh, ends his life. And that's where, uh, combat ends. If you would like yeah. to take it from there, my friend. Yeah. And such a cool moment of the water still dagger being used by the way. Um, so yeah, this, this sort of last remaining half hour of the episode, the, there's a couple of people, um, Amongo and, um, Rafaniel are immediately, very much curious if uh, if Quiche knew that this was um, Queen Pamela Rocks, uh, to whereas Quiche basically says, um, yeah, no, I had no idea. In fact, Amon Go is going to do detect thoughts and also dig deeper to really figure out, is he telling the truth? And seems to be telling the truth. Um, Quiche is ultimately thinking about like their escape plan, um, kind of evaluating the battle, but seems to not be um, sort of like sinister in a sinister way, like withholding any kind of information about this event. Um, it's also around this time that Amingo hears uh, galloping like over a hillside nearby and immediately informs everyone like we have to go. We got to get out of here. So the party darts out. There's a group stealth check and Matt lets them know they're successful as they hear in the distance this troop of of characters arriving at the battle site, uh, a horn blowing, basically calling for help, and they seem to have made their escape. And as they are um, in their escape, uh, Quiche is like, you know, great job, guys. You know, you killed it. And Rafaniel's super pissed off about this whole thing. Um, building on what Will mentioned of him feeling immediately regretful of what happened, um, is essentially like like this is so much more messy than we thought it was going to be and actually confides in delhi um to say basically like hey i think this is more than just petty blackmail like this feels like something i feel like we're being played in a much bigger way than we realize um it's also around this time that they hear something darting in the brush um, there's a fire of a crossbow bolt, um, I think from Amongo that misses. And then I think it's an Eldritch Blast from uh, Karna that ends up hitting this character that as they descend on this character, they find this strange um, sapling-esque type character with a broken mask that's peeled off its face to reveal these amber eyes and a mouthless face. Very much vibes of like some kind of like mushroomy fungus type character. Yeah. And um, there is detect thoughts cast on this character. And rather than there being like vocal thoughts, instead there's images. And this is very clearly like a scared creature of some kind. And I don't know if it's Karna who says it, but someone turns to Delhi and is like, K 
kill him. And without hesitating, Deli is just like, you got it. And uh, does his multi-attack double natural 20s um, on both attacks and just crushes this creature. And there's this cool moment where Matt describes these spores that sort of release from it. And as they hit Deli, all he hears in his mind is the phrase, why? Um, and with this done, they also note that this creature was heading to this cavern off on the side of this crevasse. They go into this cavern, just exploring, seeing like, where was this thing going? And they find like these um, tendrils, these glowing tendrils that are sort of going through the cave. Uh, Delhi's going to touch the tendrils and he immediately gets this image of this beating source of energy that he knows in his heart. He hears almost, it's not like a, I don't remember if it was like a vocal message or just like a communicating, like, this is what you understand. Yeah. But it's basically like, this is the heart of the world. And he hears welcome, like this sort of comforting welcomeness. Um, he shares this with Rafaniel, who's casting Detect Thoughts on him. And then Rafaniel is actually going to cast Detect Thoughts, not as a subtle spell. So people see this happen and puts his hands on the Venus um, structure and sees the similar beating heart. Uh, and here's a voice that is basically like um, much more apprehensive and is sort of like, tell no one, like don't tell anyone of what you've seen. Uh, though Rafaniel asks, Something like, do the blades, can the blades get me here? Or like, are the blades yeah. after me? Or some kind of phrasing like that, to which the source is uncertain. It's not really sure what is being asked. Um, Kishi is kind of like, hey, we should probably get going. Um, he's actually carrying the body of this sapling creature in, a, in his cloak, basically over his shoulder. And um, the party basically heads back to... Uh, the food pyramid where they see the FDA again and the FDA is like, Hey, great job. You guys did it. And the party's pretty rightfully pissed off. Specifically, Amon Go is like, like, why did this have to happen? Like, why did you, why would you have us basically attack this kingdom that wasn't even involved in the ravening war? Um, you know, you promised answers. We want answers. And the FDA basically says, um, they admit that they are part of this sect called the Sanctus Putris. Uh, and I apologize for you guys who uh, have seen Crown of Candy. Um, I don't mean to butcher this, but this was just kind of my armchair in the moment understanding. But essentially this sect that believes in, it was very Thanos-esque, but it was very much um, the hungry one, this hungry beast in order to be satiated and kept from devouring the world, there must be rot and bloodshed in the short term. Um, and so what the FDA has done has involved a new kingdom into the conflict to create violence in the short term, again, to satiate the hungry one in the long term. Um, and the party's kind of mixed on this. Um, Haman goes basically like, you know, I didn't sign up for this. And uh, one of the FDA steps forward and reveals her mask uh, to reveal herself as Archbishop Camille Cauliflower, um, back from episode one, uh, who basically says, you know, well done. Take some rest. Like, we'll call on you again when we need you. Um, the FDA takes their departure with Quiche, who um, also they overhear um, him mentioning to the FDA, um, hey, I saw something pretty interesting. Um, 
but we don't know where that's going to go. And then Matt, similar to episode one, gives another, I don't know if we're actually going to have a time jump, but seemingly. Yeah, we are. Um, okay. Uh, he gives sort of this outro of another time jump of years passing deep bloodshed, um, cruelty, and the death of innocence. Uh, and we seem, it seems that we will be returning in episode four again in the future to see where this group has ended up. Um, yeah. And that was episode three of The Ravening War, Yonder Where the Fruit Do Be Lion. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, man. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. And again, if you uh, are on the recap, uh, a link to our full discussion will be in the description below. Yeah. All right, buddy. Man. I What'd love you this think? Kind of stuff, man. <clears throat> Like the big meta, um, meta's not the right word, actually, but like, I guess macro of like um, the large scale political intrigue and like sort of like the big things that are happening under the surface, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. I just really adore. Um, and we got some really cool, I don't know, it's, it's very much um, are we the baddies energy of like, you know, we're trying to save the world and then like, Okay, wait, maybe this wasn't super good, but um, very interesting episode. I do wish I've seen a crown of candy because um, I, I know looking at the wiki, there's a lot of content around the Sanctus Putris, the festered tome, I think is what it's called um, from a crown of candy. But um, all that to say, what did you think? Yeah, I, I loved it too, man. Um, I thought, I thought it really, I thought, I don't really my brain's getting ahead of my words here. I don't know if I have like ample, I don't have anything specific to point to necessarily, which makes this comment maybe not worth making, but I thought Matt really shined in this episode of kind of really show like, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I just thought it was amazing. All that like deep lore and kind of, like you said, the, the like bigger, like kind of, I don't know if mystery is the right word, but like the bigger implications of like, the grand scale of things kind of unfolding and we've got this new fungus entity and like, uh, <clears throat> I just thought all that was cool. And then obviously the whole assassination plot, which I think probably, you know, is a little more impactful if you've seen a crown of candy, which, you know, we haven't. Um, but I do know that queen Pamela rocks was obviously not in a crown of candy. She was just mentioned. Um, but yeah, I do, all the players, I think, were candy in, in that first campaign. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, so this was like a big... There was a cool, um, how do you want to do this moment for Brennan, where he was like, this yes. is so weird, because I mentioned that Pamela, Pamela Rocks had been killed in the Ravening War, and now I am the one, <laughs> this designer of the story, who now yes. gets to dictate how she died. That was um, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so cool. Yeah, that's kind of like, <clears throat> I guess, you know, Matt obviously did not create the lore of this world. So I'm, when I made my comment earlier, that's not what I was implying. But just in the way he has, like, curated this this story, I guess, to, like, enable that moment from Brennan. I think that was just all so cool to me. Um, and I just randomly uh, saw a, a YouTube short. I don't know what the interview was from, but it was a clip of Brennan being interviewed. And he said, um, 
you know, after doing this, it was so much fun. Like, I really want to do this for Matt, meaning like he wants to come back over to Critical Role, but have Matt be a player at his table so that he can give Matt the same experience that Matt's giving him. All right, let me let me go ahead and speak for Critical Role. Yes, <laughs> Brennan <laughs> from the random YouTuber. Yes. <laughs> um, oh. And we already know he can do it well. He did it for Calamity. You yeah, know, just didn't have Matt as a player. Right. Um, that's a, that's a high praise coming from Brennan. Uh, right. The subtext I read from that is he really, I think, appreciated being in the player spot and felt it's probably a lot to give the reins over to something you've created yeah. and then to be not just watching it like Matt did with Calamity, but to be in that world. Um, yeah, I can only imagine Brennan was really satisfied with what Matt did. Um little bit of a bromance there i'm all about it yeah i'm, I'm excited for that bromance they just do everything together please there. there's some awesome um all ships rise all tide the tide rises all boats i don't yeah. know man we're so bad <laughs> tide at rises all boats baby <laughs> we're so bad at these expressions <laughs> um i just i love that energy though between critical role and dimension 20 like it, it's so good for this kind of content and like DD in general and um i just think mm -hmm. it's really admirable that that's kind of the tone the collaboration they've set early on it seems uh, yeah. i say early on they've both been around for a while but um i'm here for it i love seeing the crossover cast and um i just think it's really good and i think it says a lot about not to be like overly effusive but i, I just think it says a lot about the character of those businesses that it's like yeah we're gonna collaborate rather than yeah. you know be competitive a hundred percent agreed. Um, yeah. I mean, it just speaks to the character of everyone involved too, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. And <laughs> a rising tide lifts all boats. I think yeah, is, the, <laughs> is the official phrase, but I like ours better. Tide um, brings all the boats up. <laughs> all of them up. <laughs> it's very Charlie day esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, loved the episode. Um, yeah. The, a lot to talk about, which again, we've, I know anyone watching this, uh, you've heard us say it, but just to give another disclaimer at the start, we haven't seen a crown of candy. So I know that like some stuff we're spec, I'm just, I'm imagining myself as a viewer who like would potentially be watching us that has seen a crown of candy. And I know I would be frustrated if two morons were just like speculating on all this stuff. And yeah, it's like, no, we know that that's not it because it's this. Yeah. So no just forgive it. us if that happens. <laughs> No, and I appreciate you guys being so gracious in the comments because um, there have been requests like, will you guys watch it? We we will watch it. It's a matter of when right now because um, our time, you know, this may surprise you. This isn't our. This is just a hobby for us. We just do it because we love it. Um, and so we're doing Worlds Beyond. We're doing Ravening War. We're doing Critical Role. That is a lot of content on a week-to-week -week basis. And so we just don't, it's a capacity issue right now. We just don't have the space to watch it currently. Um, but we want to, and we will. Um, so, but thank you for being gracious, guys. Because um, I will, I think you're right. I think it probably is frustrating to like, I can just imagine. I would be frustrated. Like a 20 minute, yeah, like a 20 minute like discussion. Like, what could this mean? And someone's like. <gasps> <laughs> so anyway. So yeah, bear with us and feel free to let us know in the comments. Like we want to know, but as always, just please give a spoiler warning if it's, yeah. you know, a spoiler related. I, I hate to say it. If you mark it as a spoiler, I'm personally not going to read it just because I want to protect that experience of a crown of candy. Um, but definitely tag it for other people to engage with as yeah. well. Um, so, okay. 
All right. This episode. Yeah. Great energy at the table. There's something about a, there's just something about a table, man, where like there were some cool moments where Colin or, or just Zach Oyama in general um, was, I think there was a moment where he looked at Delhi and was like, like when, cause Thane Delhi was pretty bloodthirsty in this episode where Colin was kind of like, like, what are you doing, man? Like, it's just, there's some good energy and like some good yeah. like back and forth in this episode. But, um, I'm rambling. Uh, where <laughs> do you want to start? <laughs> um, where to start, I guess with the assassination and all that stuff first. Um, but just on Zakoyama really quick, dude is like, I'm trying to think of the best word here. Like, so I hate to say it maybe my favorite character <laughs> he's so good he's like a he is. he's so witty but like yes. not in like the not in like the way you would first assume of like wisecracking jokes all the time but he like finds his moments yeah and hammers them so perfectly someone um, um i don't know his background but we said something similar about robbie damon and someone talked in the comments uh, and this was years ago by the way guys so i apologize that i can't accredit you well but um or whatever exandria season one was but someone said like oh well robbie has like an, an acting like a stage background and you have to learn how to like give spotlight and take it or not take it away but like step out of it i don't know zach's background but that was the the metaphor i was getting at was it was similar to robbie damon in terms of like just like you said finding that moment and it just hits it hits it so well yeah because his character is not like <clears throat> he's very very much so the most like the right word the most like reserved of the group and like kind of just is there to do his job you know i'm just here so i don't get fined and you know just kind of i don't know so like because of that we have like these other very large personalities um that you know he kind of gets he's not like always in the spotlight as it were but so right. he finds like there's just those great moments he's like a sniper so i just yeah uh as this being my first experience with zakoyama i've just really loved him um, yeah, I've also seen him a lot on the Game Changer show. Oh yeah, and so I just, <laughs> man, he's just he's super funny. So, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious for him. I'm curious to know how much of Colin is Zach versus just a character. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. so this assassination, yeah. I this isn't. So I watched the um, the after show, which is called the Adventuring Party. It's like a 15 minute where they just talk at the table type of stuff. So I picked up some stuff contextually uh, from a crown of candy that I, you know, wouldn't have otherwise known. Um, but again, uh, I mentioned this in the recap, Queen Pamela rocks Candia that the characters in the first crown of candy were Candian. I think maybe there was like another race, but like it was primarily that was like what was going on. Yeah. And they, they right. um, compared it to the Starks from game of Thrones. So like, that's what, Oh, the first one was is they were like the Starks of this world, kind of. Really? Okay. So again, you know, y'all correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, mm. But what I thought was interesting is that in A Crown of Candy, Lou, Lou's character, um, Queen Pamela Rocks was his mom. So the oh. fact that now in this one, he's the one brutally murdering her was, yeah. uh, you know, crazy. Um, so I just thought that was some interesting added context <clears throat> but yeah so candia had been out of the war thus far 
Um, but we're on some sort of secret diplomatic mission. Not to say anything was underhanded going on there, but <clears throat> I don't. You know, why, go ahead. I don't know if that was the honest truth that she was on. Well, I mean, we you're you're she was. Why, why am I saying she wasn't? She obviously was, right? But I guess what I meant to say was I don't. I don't think the FDA's presenting of the situation is accurate in that this is like a threat of some kind. Like we know, we know she was heading to where, um, Tomate was supposedly pretending to hide out, but maybe she was looking to end the war in some way. Wait, where was she heading? We know that she was heading to, um, uh, where was Tomate hiding? Or not actually hiding, but where he was said to be hiding. I don't remember now. So that town is where the FDA said the carriage was bound for. Okay. So my impression as the sixth neutral kingdom is that maybe Pamela Rocks was looking to end the war in some way. Like wanting to meet with Tomate. The, the 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 thing that doesn't add up is she would know that he wasn't in that town if she was legitimately they were supposed to meet, but um Yeah, I guess yeah, I'm just curious and I, I don't think it like probably matters too much in the grand scale of things, but I'm just curious what she was going to do. Right. If yeah. they were yeah. But presumably if they were removed from the war, it probably only stands to reason that it was something to keep the peace rather than like, you know, overthrow somebody. But I don't know. It would have to be something like that because ultimately if the FDA, if their long goal is strife in the short term to prevent oblivion in the long term, then her being a direct threat as they called it or described her, they want the war to continue. Right. They want the war to continue. And more importantly, they want Kandaria involved. So I can only assume it was some, she had some methodology or some plan to end the war. Yeah. Or, or at the very least that her assassination would definitely kick things back off, you know? Right. <clears throat> right. Even if, even if she wasn't like a linchpin yeah. and a peace plan necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe indifferent to what she was doing. You know, I mean, she could have been, you know, visiting her favorite baker in you know, yeah. whatever town, but they were like, here's a chance to involve Kendaria. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> I, I definitely, I wonder why. So, I, again, this is like maybe greater lore details that, you know, maybe other people could answer. Um, but I wonder why they were abstaining. You know, yeah. like, did they just not care? Like, it's not on our territory. Like, because it seemed like everyone else is fighting, right? They're the only ones that aren't. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's not really too important well, to speculate on. It could be that there just hasn't, there just wasn't a moment that drew them in. Because Matt, in his first outro for the first episode, it was like, this led to that which involved this kingdom, which right. they then, you know, like, I don't remember the connection with like the Meatlands, but we know that the Meatlands get offered part of the Dairy Islands is annexed and gifted to them, you know? So like, mm. it could be that Kandera just through coincidence, there was never something that pulled them in to the yeah. conflict, I guess. 
And then this this is another like random contextual thing I picked up on in the after show. So I don't know what I'm talking about. I might have even misunderstood. But there was some comment about referring to all of this about like assassinating her is that one you pull in the only kingdom that wasn't involved, but you also pull in like the magical kingdom. So I, <clears throat> again, maybe misheard, maybe misunderstood, but that made me like wonder. I was like, wait, so are Candians like mm. have that magic that the other ones don't? Um, so curious in the comments, it's not really something we can speculate on since I don't even know what I'm talking about. But if there's any right. spoiler free contextualization there, I'd, I'd love to know. It could be that maybe they're the ones only openly users of magic because we know the central theme is this continual like hiding around magic. I mean, before Karna and Amango became clean, I think Amango described it, you know, it's like a divine gift from the bulb above. And then mm -hmm. Rafaniel obviously always hiding. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to think of what else I want to hit on in this actual like assassination and conflict before we move on. The banana guy, rest in peace. I noticed he was wearing pajamas. So like bananas in pajamas. <laughs> yeah. I just I think I'll park for a second on just how bloodthirsty Delisandro is. Yeah. Um I mean just I don't know. It, it's he's played his character very well in the sense of at the first interaction with the FDA, you have Colin being like, Is this a good idea? And Thane Deli is like, This is awesome. Like, this is great. Um, we know in order to like wanna win the affection of Karna. Um, he's taken on this sort of mantle of being a warmonger, um, you know, talking about like the strength of the meatlands, you know, uniting his phrasing, calling himself a warmonger. Um, so like, I wonder if it just seems like he's playing true to his character. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the mission. I'm going to, you know, sorry, Pamela. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, I was just say also with the fun, the fungi, fun guy, um, same thing, just like, you know dead um i was just surprised as to how yeah he's like like you said he's made it clear from the jump that like he's in it for the glory like oh like these are kingmakers you know like he's gonna he's gonna do what it takes to uh and he doesn't really care about the consequences it seems like yeah um but yeah really cool character and i think he's played it very true to that um and i i just wonder what his like ultimate <clears throat> what his ultimate like driving force is, is it just, you know, to rise in power and, and glory in this, in this game of Thrones esque world, or is there something like yeah. to do with, you know, how his mother was killed or, you know, is, <clears throat> is there anything more than just like the, yeah the grand ambition of it all? Um, yeah. We do know the whole tie with his aunt that, the to me at least, let me know what you think. The the reveal at the end when he smelled that was the implication that she is a member of the FDA. Yeah, I I I tried to Google that, but I couldn't find it. I, I wondered if that was her smell, but I wasn't sure. I think it has to be. Like what else would that even mean? Other no. unless it was like a misdirect. Um, but to me that to me, the, the implication is that she was one of the FDA, meaning that his blackmail was also just straight up her, like yeah. using that against him. And we know that she also was like 
you know, kind of in his ear at the at the feast, being like, "You should unite the Meatlands." So, like, I'm get I'm guessing that from her end, it's all been manipulative, and there yeah. I doubt there's like a real romantic connection there. Yeah, I'm curious. Speaking to like what his motivations are and stuff, I wonder if any of it. I'm sure. You know, he comes from the Meatlands. They're like warriors and stuff. I'm sure there is just a general level of like, I want to be a conqueror. But I wonder, since she was kind of whispering that to him, if any of this is like, I'm doing this so that like, I can get with her, like make her proud. And so if he finds out that he's just been manipulated this whole time, if there's going to be like a, if that's going to be like a big moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested it doesn't seem like we're going to get like an immediate reaction to all this since we're getting a time jump, mm-hmm. which do you, do you know how long the time jump is? I think, I think Matt said it was like four or five years maybe. And we're going to be picking up toward the end of the ravening war. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Isn't the ravening war. Actually, I don't know how long the ravening war was. I guess it was like 10 years then. Cause didn't, wasn't the first time jump like about it was like two three years. or four years. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I I didn't know how long the Ravening War was either, but yeah, he said a four or five year jump and we'll be toward the end of the war, Um, which we talked about this in, I guess, episode two after the first time jump, just how that's like a cool narrative tool, especially in a and d game where you can kind of like make more backstory like while playing as it were. Um, So I'm really interested to see where we pick up with all of these people, um, which I, yeah. I want to talk about this, but uh, before we leave the combat, um, trying to think if there's anything else. I thought it was really interesting how Karna described her attacks as like digestive and stuff, mm. like really playing into that theme. Um, Rafaniel, his, how do you want to do the shatter spell? Of yeah. What, what, what? <laughs> So, yeah, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. There's a lot to talk about there. One, we learned that he doesn't know what this stuff is. Like, he doesn't know what these visions are. He doesn't know why he has these gifts. He's just had them, which I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, And two, we find out that this is the last thing he wanted, which was so, I guess it's not, like, crazy, but, like, it's very interesting is it makes me wonder okay what did you want if you kill the queen now war is breaking out so i'm guessing he didn't want the war to continue and i'm curious like who was he trying to position on the throne or maybe he wasn't but like it seems like he was definitely pulling strings so like what what were his grand plans that now have crumbled because of this yeah and his phrasing around like realizing he was a fool or something like that it I didn't have enough context to really like, I was like, I was actually almost like, did I miss something? Not like in a negative way towards Brennan, but I was just like, I, I'm not fully like adding up what's happening in this moment. And I don't know if it's intentional, like there's more yet to be revealed and Brennan's kind of like giving us a first clue in, or if I just missed, if I just missed it. Yeah, um, I don't think you missed anything. I think it was just, yeah. you know, he obviously has all these machinations and plots and, yeah. He's been he's been played and fooled and he's now kind of like undone it by his own hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe Crown of Candy people have a little bit more context. Um but that was my assumption. So I don't I don't yeah. think we were supposed to know concretely. Yeah. But yeah, something happening there and 
is it implied that he's calling on the hungry one to like do the final attack? My thought was that he was calling on whatever this dark entity is that he has these visions of. And I feel like it's not the hungry one. Maybe it is, but I feel like it's yeah. not because he seems to have an understanding of the hungry one. And so I feel like he would like just know and like have more confidence in what his powers were and what these visions were if he knew that's what it was. So to me, this is like, like a patron esque entity Uh, and the blades were mentioned again. And I think it was in the after show. He like specifically said blender. So I think he has like a blender patron or something. That's my best guess at least. But like maybe that, maybe that is the hungry one still, but at least in the Bishop's mind, I don't think he's made that connection. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. But yeah, just so I don't know. I his character is so interesting and I just <clears throat> watching his face during all of that was so crazy cuz he was like legitimately like yeah. like freaking like freaking out. Like, here I am being like what? 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 What is it? Cuz <laughs> there was a lot of moments like that not just in that moment but like throughout the episode that you know, I was kind of relying on Brennan's facial expressions to realize like, <laughs> oh, this is this is a big deal. Yeah. So, so I, again, citing back to our earlier conversation, just so cool to be able to have as the creator of this world, to be able to have that type of like, what right. moment? Um, yeah. is so fun. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, we know that just to speak on it, what he's, I don't know. His character's so interesting. Cause he, he's this old man that has his own machinations and I guess, you know, it's not fair to say he was evil or anything, but he was definitely underhanded and manipulative, which, you know, seems to think like, okay, well, what is he doing all of this for? But if he's upset that the war has popped off and not to jump ahead here, but you know, the comment he makes at the end talking to the fungus of like, can it find me here? Makes it seem like like he kind of wants to get away from this. Like, Mm. you know, so he's not just evil. So I'm just, and he doesn't know where these gifts came from and he never cared. He just wanted to use them for what he could. Like, I'm not saying he's honorable or like a paragon of, of justice or anything, but it really made me wonder like, what were his ultimate goals? Like in, at least in his own mind, did he think everything he was doing like was for this greater good? Exciting back also to the, I don't want to be remembered comment. Like if it's not about his own glory and, and climbing the, ladder of power like what makes this guy tick i'm so curious yeah maybe it's like related to i don't think we can like trust on on face value that his like supposed genuineness to amon go and like sort of like encouraging her to marry tomate um i guess i guess in some ways it sort of like solidifies the bulbian church with amon go like him being like such a close shoulder partner to Amongo, I guess in a way it kind of solidifies it, it does solidify the Bulbian church between those kingdoms. So I don't know if that was part of it. And now it's like now he's like, I don't see any pathway now. Like it's not now it's not as simple as the Fruitarian and Vegetanian countries like resolving their differences. Now it's so much bigger than that. Um so that might be part of it, but it, it does also feel like there was some other plan unrelated to that that is now like ruined in some way. Yeah, 
Because it also, I don't remember the exact comments, but it also seems like things he were doing, like, it didn't seem like he was necessarily tying his, his ship to Amon Go. Right. You know what I'm saying? It feels like he had other plans, because I don't remember the exact thing, but like one, I think it was episode two, he like was spreading some rumors about how like, oh, look what you've done. You've pushed the queen right to Tomate's hand, which is going to like legitimize, right. legitimize, uh, his stake to the crown, which in that way was kind of helping her. But like that, he like made some comment about like, that wasn't his intention, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of the Bishop, which is just fascinating. And it's even more fascinating on a meta level because it's Brennan that's playing him. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, just cause he knows everything in a way. And yet he was still like, so caught off guard by this. So, yeah. I'm just curious what machinations he would have made in a, in a character like that, or what aspirations he would have made in a character like that. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, sorry, scrolling through my notes real quick. Um, I did think that the for the last thing on the battle. Actually, no, never mind. Um, let's save that for. For later okay so anything else in the battle no uh all right <clears throat> so this fungus yeah poor fungus guy i mean that's i mean it's pretty much laid out flat but like these are fruits vegetables that have have rotted to an extent that they have this fungus developed or maybe there is a fungus that you know takes like not last of us takes over but like you know it seems like the, the, at least the one character we saw that they killed. So not not speaking of like the mushroom that they like touched at the end, but that thing was at at one point a fruit or a vegetable. That you saying it was or it wasn't was. Is that oh, the implication okay. that you got? I took it as just like this yet undiscovered like seventh kingdom, uh, which well, was yeah. like. But I didn't take it to be like it, they used to be, you know, fruit or vegetable. It could be. I don't have an issue if it is with that theory. I just, I, I saw it more as like kind of like a CD isn't the right word, but just like a more, um, you know, it's like when you go like, you see the footage of like deep in like the Marianas Trench and you're like, that's down there. Like this very much smaller kingdom that is kind of interdispersed and hidden away. Uh, and apparently seems to be a source of the survival of the world in some way with that common and like, this is the heart of the world or something. Um, so, yeah. so I, I don't know which one it is. Um, well, I think it's both just to, to be clear. I think there is like this, my mycological, that's right. Right. For fungus and mushrooms. They're so smart. Last of us. <laughs> um, I think there is like this, this fungus colony and, just pure fungus beings, if you will. But I think there's yeah. also like fruits and vegetables and other members of the kingdom that like have gotten so destitute and like starved. And like, then they start like, just like, you know, if you leave a potato out too long, it starts growing those things mm. or like, you know, fruit rots and will develop fungus. I think that's happening as well. And I think that's yeah. what happened to that creature that we saw that it, at one point was a strawberry and just, you know, but it has fundamentally changed in that process because you know that they didn't speak the same language anymore um mm -hmm. 
maybe those spores that you know like exhaled at the end had something to do with its shift i think this is uh in a way uh uh a metaphor not a metaphor but like a, a i don't know the word i'm looking for but to the white walkers like this is the zombies in a way of the of the game of thrones candia world um yeah i can see that but what's interesting like you pointed out is that like the the like the hive mind that they connected to was like welcoming and like mm-hmm. feels good, man. It was with Delhi, but was oddly uh, not as warm. I feel like with, with Rafaniel. I thought it was what, why didn't you think it was or what? I, gave know, you I, that? Guess, it, I guess Matt's tone to me felt more. And I, I said it in the recap, maybe incorrectly, but the tone that Matt took with Rafaniel to me felt more cautious um, not necessarily suspicious, but it did feel more feels good, man. Glad you're here with Delisandro and Rafaniel. <laughs> it it just like I said, it felt more cautious. It felt more like, hmm. So I didn't know if that was like a reflection of Rafaniel's character, or just the fact that he was deep diving with detect thoughts. That it was like, you know, good vibes, man. And then like, oh wait, you weren't supposed to see this room though. Hmm. So. So I'm not sure I might need to go back and and watch it. But because there definitely was the aspect of like, you have to go. Don't tell anyone. Um, Right. So there was that aspect with Rafaniel. But I also I feel like he also said, like, you feel connected and welcome. Mm. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just getting my wires crossed with what happened with. I think think he still said that with Rafaniel, too. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Because, okay, so I, again, haven't seen Crown of Candy, but I don't think this fungus was in it, Crown of Candy. Maybe, let me know in the comments if it was, um, uh, or at least on screen, as it were, you know? So I don't know that there's too much known about this. Um, but so, I don't know, this just the way this all ties into like the greater lore of the world is so cool. Um, Cause like, yeah, there's that with the hungry one, like, how do you ultimately beat him? Well, you got to be unappetizing, you know? So like mm-hmm. rot and fungus, like, I just like how it like all just makes so much sense. Um, it does seem like it's getting positioned. This entity or whatever we're talking about here is getting positioned by Matt to be in a direct contradiction to their intentions around the hungry one or like, I, I, I don't, the implication I got from like one of the final scenes wasn't like they're going to team up now and like we found an answer, but like there's going to be some kind of friction or, um, you know, I just think about even the, the imagery of cliche, um, carrying the creature over his shoulder, you know, like you've killed like a rabbit or some kind, like your, 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 your hunting trophy, um, and then sort of like this, the leaning in of like, Hey, we found something you want to see like that to me just implies there's something about this, like you mentioned that, um, is either in opposition with their plan or rubs in some way with what they've been doing with the hungry one, the FDA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I ag- Yeah. Yeah. I agree, which I would, I didn't know if I was fair to make that assumption or not, but 
I'm glad I, you I think you're right. I'm glad yeah. you phrased it this way because I wanted to talk about this because I think you're right about what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, because, I, I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say that it, it seems like, like uh, Matt, I think mentioned that like this fungus was like worth its weight in gold, and like it was studied and stuff. But it it did seem like at least generally like the average person doesn't know about this fungal right. fungal yeah. kingdom, if you will. So does the FDA know? Maybe because they're in the know, but even if they do for my money, it doesn't seem like even though they want rot and murder that they're not referring to like the fungus people. It seems like that's a separate thing. Like, yes, I, I felt the same way. I feel like their description of wanting rot and chaos, whatever was like general mayhem unaware of this other kingdom or just not intending to reference them. Right. Okay. So yeah, we're on the same page there. Yeah. But what's really interesting is like this kingdom could be the answer to everything. Right. right? Yes. So like, you know, maybe we don't have to all kill each other. If we're all just rotted fungus, the hungry one isn't going to want to eat us either. So like I'm more, yeah. So I'm curious what the, the positioning of that is going to be like, yeah, I don't know. Cause, like, because in the same way, not that this like, I don't think I haven't read the Game of Thrones books, um, so I don't know if this was ever like positioned. Um, but in the same way of like in the world of Game of Thrones, there's death and all this stuff, and you can actually, in a way, conquer death if you become a White Walker. So like, in a way, you can conquer the hungering one if you just become a fungus guy, right? Because he won't want to eat you, um, right? <clears throat> so I'm just I'm. I mean, this is a prequel, and so, like, I guess we at least know that in 15, 20 years for A Crown of Candy, the whole world's not fungus, people. So, I, I and again, I don't think they're even in A Crown of Candy, at least not on screen, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious how this all shakes out. Are they going to... I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm just rambling, but like, I, I think we're heading to another awesome moment. Like we saw in calamity of the party realizing that this beating heart, so to speak is, is key to the survival of their world. And I'm not, not unlike the tree of names and that we might see some, Interesting any inner party tension there, knowing that Thane Delisandro uh loves the idea, like you mentioned, that these people are kingmakers. If he caught the smell of his aunt, which was implied, we talked about maybe he would be mad that he was played, or maybe he would realize, like, oh, I can trust, I can really trust these people. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, it's interesting to see where this this could go. But it does feel like we're heading to some kind of, of battle around this, not physically around, maybe physically around it. But, um, and I think I said in episode one, it'd be interesting that potentially the FDA might be the big bad of this. You know, we're probably going to fight an elderly woman, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah, I know, uh, yeah, that they might, you know, be at ends with them or odds with them ultimately. Yeah, I'm just so curious about this this hive mind, which I think that's 
basically what it was because you know there are those yeah. like big mushroom co- like i think they're like the biggest thing on the planet right like the, the biggest living organism are these like mushroom colonies yeah um <clears throat> i think it's a fair way to describe it so i think they were just interacting with that hive mind in that moment and the fact that it was like so welcoming i don't i'm wondering if that was almost like a not necessarily like evil but if it's like it wants it wants to consume like control everything in the world like maybe maybe it's not just like you know the nice neighbor that's like yeah come on in but it's like no we want you too you know um but yeah i wonder if it's going to be positioned at all as like i mean i guess the bulb and the hungry one are kind of the the two sides of the same coin but like the fungus could be kind of like the real i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about well and this is probably where we're gonna like really antagonize you guys who our deep lore junkies for a crown of candy. Um, because I was going to say, it seems like the Sanctus Putris is this other Bulbian sect that sort of understands like the ends justify the means. They mentioned the Fester Tome, which I think in the first episode when they meet the FDA, or maybe it was the second one, I think it was the first one, there is the conversation around... Um, texts that people don't want to accept as truth. So I'm assuming that is what's being referenced here. Yeah, Um, because we know that there's pages from the Book of Leaves that have been omitted or ripped out. So I wondered if, do you think the festered tome is just the original Book of Leaves, or do you think it's like with everything still included? Or do you think it's a completely separate book? It could be like, since, and someone said this in the comments, um, that Brennan absolutely modeled the Bulbian church around the Catholic church. Um, the Catholic church has the, I think it's called the catechism, which are those books that are considered, they consider part of the Bible, but, but non, sorry for butchering this non-Catholic Christians, Mm -hmm. um, don't. So like, maybe like it's something like that a little bit, um, where it's just like these separate pages that comprise, you know, whatever my issue is I couldn't, I couldn't Google and like read more about this because right. as I started reading into it, I was like, ah, ah, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was because the Sanctus Putris is in a crown of candy. And I know that because as, as I was on the wiki page after like eight seconds, I was like, abort, abort. Um, so it feels like we're on the start of a conversation, but I can't like get into the conversation because I am trying to protect myself from being spoiled, I guess. Yeah. I kind of had a similar moment which i don't remember what what spurred it but they there was also mention of the prophetian theosity or theocracy or something yes um which i know what that is but i don't it's not like a big spoiler or anything but if you don't want me to say what it is i won't Mm, it's just it's just like a subsect of of their (laughs) beliefs you just do it anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not you want me to say No, no. no okay, okay, no. I won't. Um, but essentially, so without saying it, I believe the Sanctus yeah. Putris believes in the the prophetius, the whatever it is, um, which I think is all considered heresy, which makes sense because the pages have been ripped out and the the FDA even says as much, like they can't see beyond the veil, like they claim it's heresy or whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm just. I don't know because we already we already kind of had this conversation, but again, I wonder like even if the FDA doesn't position this fungus as their answer, I wonder if like the original intention of those passages was referring to it. 
right. maybe they've just misinterpreted it to mean like there must be war and bloodshed when actuality it was like no like it's it's this um but uh, yeah i guess pun not intended i guess this conversation wouldn't be fruitful since we don't really know what we're talking about um okay uh sorry random question yeah when people die in this world did are they buried what what happens to people when they die that's a good question no idea. i only ask because like would this fungus be seen as like in contradiction to the natural order of things because i was thinking like well how does it satiate the hungry one like I know like bodies aren't literally like picked up and thrown and like to like a, a whirlpool or something, you know, but, um, some, I was trying to see like, if, if fungus brings life from things that have died or what have you, like, I wonder if the FDA would see it in that way as like, no, you're preventing the hungry one from being satiated by kind of re you know, because like as we know from fung from fungus, it it breaks down dead things back into its essential nutrients that go back into the soil and grow new things. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it'd be interesting if the FDA saw it, saw this seventh kingdom as being, like I said, um, interrupting what should be happening for the process of satisfying the hungry one. I definitely. I mean, not. I don't know if we're gonna get more calorum lauren's story after this but i could definitely see that being like a major friction point if not for the fda for some major parts of the world like i don't think everyone's just going to be like new kingdom welcome you know i think it's going to be like a major problem um yeah. but if that's directly opposed to the fda or not i, I can't say but yeah i definitely feel like people are going to have a big issue with this because it's like Especially if what I was saying earlier about how like fruits and vegetables can kind of like become this like similar to zombification, like it's going to be looked at as like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, not not good. Um, I keep trying to like Google different <laughs> things and then like pretty much every article I go to, I'm like, I can't read that one. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, anything else on this specific fungus negative um okay so a couple like just a couple things i wanted to touch on um i'm just looking through my notes really quick one this is just kind of random but last episode we were talking about um lady amon go being level four and everyone else is level five and maybe like is there something going on there um one thing i noticed in this episode is that she um she's listed as a level four rogue um but she cast expeditious retreat which yeah. lets you bonus action dash um which one isn't a rogue spell but more importantly than that rogues can already bonus action dash so there would be no need for her to have that spell so either she's sorcerer not a rogue at all wizard. what okay. sorcerer warlock wizard okay interesting but yeah, rogues get uh, cunning action, which allows them yeah, to do that right. anyway. So, right. you know, possible just a mess up in character creation or like didn't realize that rogues had that. But to me, I feel like there's that is a next little confirmation that maybe something's going on with her that we're not fully privy to yet. Yeah, fifth level in something. Yeah. Or she's just not a, a rogue at all. 
Ah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting though, her being like the ultimately naive like queen who trusts everybody, if she herself was actually, you know, the big brain playing everyone else. I think there's definitely some of that. Like she couldn't have made it. She's the queen, you know, like not saying she's like the Cersei Lannister equivalent, but like, you Mm. know, she didn't, she didn't get to where she was and survive in this world being, you know, little miss naivete. Um, okay. I, I may remember other things I wanted to talk about, but just skimming through my notes, the last thing I definitely wanted to mention was this time jump and kind of like the implications of what happens from here. Uh, and to lead off with lady, I'm on go is almost, very interesting because now this child if it survives is going to be five to seven ish and so like what does that look like it and like i don't know so i'm really curious to see what what she does in this time we know she wants to go link up with tomate presumably that might happen um yeah so I'm I'm just I'm curious to see where she ends up. <clears throat> the next the one I'm next most curious about is the bishop. Mm. Where where does he go from here? Cuz in the in the after show when Matt kind of told them about the time jump again and you know you know be thinking about what you're going to be doing. Brennan was like <clears throat> yeah, like I can't like I cannot improv what he would do now. Like I need to go home and like, think about this uh, because, and he was like, is anything on the table? Like, can I just go become a monk? Because like, and just figure out like, go live on a mountain somewhere. Um, So I thought that was really interesting that like his, that moment of realization and his plans kind of dissolving away. Like that really was like everything to him. So like, he's, he's like lost now. So, and he asks, you know, the fungus, can the blades find me here? So like, I'm just really curious to see, like maybe he goes to live with the fungus people or like, I'm just so curious to see what he does next. Also in four or five years, maybe that's enough time to get new plans up and like, you know, a new manipulative scheme. I wonder, I wonder this might be a total stretch, but I wonder, um, there's a lot in, in for our listeners. I don't mean this in a negative way, being a Christian myself, there's a lot of shame and guilt in just in religion in general, but just in my background, um, I wonder if he's playing a character who like thinking about the blades, maybe the blades isn't a patron. Maybe the blades is sort of like this self shaming guilt of like, this is where I'm due. Like I deserve to go to hell kind of phrasing. And in like the comfort of like this welcoming space, it's like, am I safe here? Like, am I, you know, and maybe, you know, we've kind of always seen him as like, kind of like this more shady, like, what is he, what is he planning? Maybe legitimately it is this, I don't want to be remembered, not because of anything bad, but just because I want to ultimately do the right thing because I deserve, I deserve obliteration or whatever. Like, it's kind of, I'm not, I don't know if I'm describing it well, but like people who want to do good deeds because they ultimately feel like they, they deserve the worst. Um, and so maybe, maybe that phrasing is around like this deep now sort of like well-seated guilt of, you know, it's not just like imposter syndrome. It's like, no, I started, (laughs) I brought in a sixth kingdom that now so many people are going to die. 
presumably, I, I don't know what happens in a crown of candy, but just judging by the name, I'm assuming there's some kind of like um, infighting around the crown um, that I would guess started because of this death so many years earlier from Queen Pamela Rocks. So, you know, coming to terms with it's not just this war, but also even more bloodshed. I, I wonder if that's an angle that he's taking there, um, which I don't know. I, I, like I said, it could be a stretch. That's just kind of where my mind was going just now. Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to know more behind the curtain because, yeah, it feels like we don't really know what motivates him or what he's. I feel like, and Brennan also being a philosophy, having a philosophy background, like, I feel like this is the kind of, like, meaty existential concept he'd want to explore. Um, yeah, for sure. I could, that's, that's, uh, I could totally see that. Um, so, hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, anyway. yeah, I don't know. I, I hope we... I mean, I'm sure we would. I mean, not that we'll get like every answer to these rent to these things that we're wondering about, but uh, hopefully we do get some clarity to like what is motivating would, all of these people. It would be nice to get an end of series, like longer than 15 minutes, like breakdown of kind of like what we got with Calamity. Like we really got to kind of get in, in the thought process um, and even like some more context around. I think if a Bria and Lou's character was really great uh, getting yeah. inside about their characters, but um, it'd be great to get something like that at the end of this series. I mean, I, I guess at the very least we will get an, an adventuring party. I believe that's what that series is called after the final episode, but I don't know. Maybe you guys that are more familiar with D20 could tell us if, if that final episode is ever like longer and they go more in depth or if it's still just like a 15 minute thing. Uh, but yeah, I would love that too. Like a little, campaign mm -hmm. wrap up type of situation <laughs> that would be good um <clears throat> so the other the other time jumpers um we have delhi which i am just interested to see where he's at like is he going to be the ruler of the like or not the ruler but like the the head honcho of the meatlands by now um especially if he's positioned with his his uh aunt ariana yes, kind of yeah. helping him pull the strings if she especially feels like she has her thumb or him wrapped around her finger, like maybe they do, maybe the FDA does try to get him in charge over there. Um, but I'm curious about how this relationship with Colin and him is going to develop because, like you said, Colin was kind of Colin, amongst, yeah, everyone kind of seemed the most kind of like take it like uncomfortable with like what they were doing. Um, it definitely seems the most morally pure, <laughs> him and maybe Amon Yo. Yeah. Uh, morally pure is maybe not the right word, but like uncomfortable with blurring the lines i guess yeah like that gray area for sure yeah so and you know they've had this bromance so like is yeah. it possible that could they not be together anymore at the end yeah. of this time jump um i don't know i just i'm interested to see how that relationship develops because like you just said colin seems positioned that way and we know delhi is just like all for mm -hmm. the, the glory so i feel like that is going to come to a a head at some point um yeah and then who's who have oh Karna, <clears throat> oh yeah one thing with Karna that I don't think I, I mentioned or talked about is that in it wasn't this adventuring party but for the last episode she made some comment which I guess it was kind of obvious but hearing her actually spill it out like clicked for me, um, 
her whole hungering one relationship and stuff with like, you know, and her flesh was rotting and she cut it off and like sacrificed it. She made it seem like she's like on a death sentence, like she's dying. And mm. so like <clears throat> to me, and again, I don't know if I'm filling in the blanks here or if she, if she like said this, but to me, the implication was that like her ambition and her everything is motivated by the fact that she is not going to be here long. Like, so she's trying to like, I don't know, make, make something of herself or like do something. I don't know. But I thought that was interesting that like this hungering one is like a death sentence type of thing. Oh, and this, okay. I'm glad I said this. Cause now this reminds me that seems directly opposed to what the FDA wants. Cause they're everything they're doing is to like keep the hungering one at bay. Yeah, well, but like she yeah. is a servant of him essentially. Right. So like, is that, how's that going to play out with the, the inner party dynamic. Like, is there going to be some, like, is she going to sabotage at the final moment? If there is, if there is some grand FDA plan that they're all sent on, is she going to like try to mess that up? I could see that. Like I said, I feel like we're heading to some kind of inner party tension lightly, but maybe all out conflict in some way. I feel like we have to be, I could see Colin D'Alessandro like, yeah, you know, with like an epic final moment of Colin delivering the final blow and Thane being like scald. And he's like, yeah, cause I can't think of a cool thing to say back, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I could see that for sure. I think we're definitely going to have some party on party combat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some PVP. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that, how it breaks out. Mm. Yeah. Well, anything else from this episode you want to talk about? I don't think so. I think we got it. Yeah. Let us know what you guys thought. There's some really cool meaty stuff here. And uh, again, thanks for being so gracious about us being not in the know on A Crown of Candy. Um, but yeah, we have a new episode tonight. Uh, we, I don't know if we mentioned this intro. We do have a Discord where we discuss episodes and chat about it. So you're welcome to join that and just jump into the conversation. Um, super friendly community. So definitely if you're new, you can just jump right on in and not worry about it. Um, but yeah, that's an option too. Uh, and then critical role is back, uh, tomorrow night. So yeah. Yep. And they had, I didn't watch it, but they had their Zelda one shot last night. Oh, which I know some peeps in the discord were watching. So I didn't, I wasn't watching, so I didn't participate, but I think they were having a good time in there. So yeah, okay. Check that out. Yeah, apparently, I want to see like, more Emily Axford, by the way. Yeah, me too. Yeah, apparently so. it was five hours long, which is pretty long for a one shot. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to check that out at some point. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Uh, oh, thumbnail. Um, I was thinking maybe I'm gonna uh, like maybe like a like the like kind of like what type of face? Because mm-hmm. I'll probably like yeah. cut out them doing that too or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. <laughs> All righty, y'all. All right. Well, have a good one. Yeah, much love.